0: Hi, this is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and co-creator of the new series, Drawing Blood.
1: You're listening to me on canned air.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. <laughs> and joining us today for the third time now here on Candare from sworddraws.com and the creator of the webcomic Always Kind of Itchy, which we're going to talk about later and it <laughs> was uh, pretty cool to read there. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Adam Sword. thank you so much for being here, Adam.
2: Thank you guys very much for having me back.
0: Got a good show lined up for you today. I always say that and then I always say that I always say that, but... It peaks. It peaks itself. Yeah, peak. it really patterns does. are important,
2: man. Yeah, I, I, no, it's, I get... it's like cyclical. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Yeah. It's going to be good. I know it is. <laughs> in our retro roundtable, we're talking our favorite animated films. I was seeing that uh, this was it. Spider the Spider Verse and Mary Poppins, the new Mary Poppins, were both uh, like critically like hailed at the some was it Oscars that are coming up or something? Golden uh, Spider- Globes. Yes. I
2: don't know my award shows. Uh, the Spider-Verse, I think, is it's up for Best Animated Feature, and it's the first time, a, I think, a superhero movie has been animated, except for maybe The Incredibles. Oh, wow. For a Best Picture category. It's about
1: time the Supers get what they deserve. Yeah.
2: you I bawled during that movie, man. Oh, I wept openly in the theater. During Into the Spider-Verse? Oh, my God, yes. Oh, my really? God. Yeah. Well, like I've to be fair, same, yeah. Same yeah, here. What the I went at like noon on a Wednesday, and I was uh, I was very baked. And it's like a kids movie, so they have kids movies previews before the film, and so there was one that came on about like a dog who gets separated from his human and then has to travel across the country to get back to the human and the end of the trailer is like the he dog running home. down the street yeah you don't really need to see the movie at this point just right. saw it. <laughs> but, like I'm, I don't know what happened man like I got into my 30s and now like I am I cry it's a thing and you know it's me and five other bearded adult men at this noon showing of Into the Spider-Verse in the middle of the week and this dog commercial like just yeah just ugly crying into my popcorn about this fucking dog I'm like
0: he loves his human damn it oh my god i thought you were saying you cried about spider-man you cried about the fucking
2: trailers (laughs) oh well that was the thing they got me like they got me with the trailers so by the time fucking spider-verse hit every single note i'm still like leaking because i'm just like oh but it's so it's so moving and the family aspect and like there's just i don't know i'm not even really a spider-man fan to put it on front street never really clicked with me until i saw this movie and now I'm like fucking sign me up Give me some tights I'm gonna do this shit There's a Disney
1: commercial me That the... does that kind of same thing to me a little <laughs> duckling That finds a Donald Duck comic And he's reading it and stuff I just saw up. that for the first oh time last God, night About every time when he sees Donald I just like almost Yeah Because yeah. he's so excited But then they cut him.
0: away Before you see his next set of disappointment When the Donald <laughs> takes his head off And sees it's not a real <laughs> duck You know and some <laughs> slub from around the corner. <laughs> well, anyway, I, we need to. I keep forgetting we haven't even started officially started the show, have we? But I'm All glad right. that was brought up. I'm glad to hear that uh, even Adam has a sensitive side to yeah. himself. Uh, then in the uh, comic. Vaults What do you have have this week? Scurry Scurry Why does it sound familiar? It was that Gorgeous graphic novel I brought a couple weeks ago Oh yes 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 That's why it's familiar I brought Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder in Hell Number one Mm -mm. Yeah Interesting right? I saw this bad boy On the shelf I just (laughs) Practically knocked the shelf over Diving for it (laughs) And uh, I'm glad I did and so a few of the things we'll be talking about there And then turning our full attention over to Adam To talk more about Always Kinda Itchy But before we do that Don't forget to follow us on our social media handles Twitter at pod And on Instagram at Canned underscore Air We are also on Patreon for $5 a month You get access to our monthly uh, Candair Patreon Pod Which is a lot of fun We just put up a new episode last uh, What, two, a few days ago That mm-hmm. has got to be one of my favorites Where we talk yeah. about the psychology behind the guilt that some people experience while playing video games. <laughs> Boy, what a good convo that one. Yeah, was! So check that out. And uh, Jack, what about the Wizard stuff we got going on?
1: If you're in the Oregon area, Wizard World is coming February 22nd to the 24th, I think it is. And if you feel like you're pretty lucky, we're giving away two three-day priority pass tickets to Wizard World. Just go to our website, hit the contest link, and fill out a form, and you'll be entered. That's it. No strings attached. Or yep. if you don't want to test your luck when you're buying tickets in the promo code area, use canned air
0: for 10% off. So, so everyone's a winner is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. And stick around at the end of the episode. We are going to be playing now our, what is it, Jack? Fourth song from the that band Quiet. That was a third. No, this is number four. This, is, this one's called Daddy's Too Old from the band Quiet. That's uh, quiet without the U. And off the album Kiss of the Universe, again, love these guys. I recommend sticking around for this song. This one has more of like a reggae, almost kind of a sublime feel to it. Mm-mm. So stick around for that at the end of the episode. But with that all behind us, let's just kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. Yeah.
2: Do it. Do it. Come on. I'm here. Come on. Do it now. Oh, my God. They killed Taste
0: BAD Alright guys Our favorite animated films Now I feel like we, after I had sent you guys You know, we're going to be talking about this It kind of dawned on me, I don't think it was that long ago We just did this, but I don't remember A damn thing about what was said I don't so. remember, Yeah, A It'll lot of the topics to I don't remember What we talk <laughs> about sometimes Where do we start? Adam, why don't we start with you Favorite animated films
2: Oh my god So this was This is a hard one for me uh, Cause like There's the artsy kid in me That wants to pull like Uh I don't know Like The Secret of Nim.
1: There's nothing wrong Or with like
2: that Watership Down You know Where i oh, like Cause just... those things Really did affect me But if I'm being super honest Like the thing that I watched The most as a child Was probably The Tiny Toons How I Spent My Summer Vacation VHS
0: oh, I didn't know They had a movie I loved Tiny Toons Same But I here. didn't realize There was a film Uh uh-uh. uh
2: Yep. It's, uh, it was like, uh, I don't know. I mean, it seemed probably longer because that was smaller and time was, you know, not terrifying yet. Um, but it was, uh, it was like, it was just a standalone flick that they did, um, where, uh, everybody has summer vacation and, you know, Plucky goes on, it keep tags along on the hams vacation and Babs and Buster go to the beach and it's like a whole thing. And yeah, like I just, it, when I think I can still picture like the opening Sequence like if I tried really hard Or um I don't know took better care Of my my brain I'd probably be able to recite The theme song because it was <laughs> At least like a twice weekly thing For most of my childhood like that was My jam I love that fucking movie
1: I'm gonna have to look that up I didn't even know that existed I don't think I probably have seen it And they I might have it turned, turned it like into, after
0: into... the initial Run or if it was during like the show's Run and that came it had to have been during the Height of its popularity it probably well, a little
1: the... both. they probably Took the movie and put it into like three or four different regular half-hour episodes, episodes. And played it through the week. You know too.
0: that's a that's a good thing because uh, one of the movies I was going to mention or, or first on my list here was from uh, same kind of example, the early uh, two thousands two thousand three I think it was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon that came out. That first season was pretty cool. There were some crappy episodes in there, and they all have crappy uh, you know cheesy dialogue, Those dumb and filler stuff. episodes. Yep. But the end of it was The final assault on Shredder's Palace you know he's got the big Skyscraper in the middle of New York with like The uh, you know ancient Japan looking Dojo decked out on top You know (laughs) he ain't hiding from anybody There's a big foot on the side of the fucking Skyscraper (laughs) I mean (laughs) Not very inconspicuous But, um, you know, they, you know, for a whole episode, they get ready for this. You know, they armor up their vehicles. They put on armor they typically don't wear themselves, bring in all the help they can, and they just storm this thing level by level by level. And it's so cool. They actually ended up making a uh, video game of it. I don't know if it was the first or the second one, but, or if that was even the whole game, or that was just the end, but... Yeah, you had to scale every level of the skyscraper hmm. till you got to the top. And then in the cartoon, um, it was Leo and Shredder face off, you know. And as always, the last thing you see is Leo behead him. And I was like, holy shit, this is ballsy Whoa. for. In the cartoon? Yes. I was like, this is ballsy Damn. for a fucking cartoon. But, yeah. you know, they cut away from it. You see Splinter's Gone, which starts, you know, that's the teaser for the next season to start. And it rapidly went downhill from there. But at the very end, right when the credits are done or whatever it is, you see Shredder's body get up, pick up the head, and then walk away. Because in that series, what they eventually did was Shredder and Krang weren't two different entities, they were one. Mm. You know, so he, Shredder mm. was always just a Krang body ah. with the brain in the belly, which was uh, <laughs> pissed me off, man. <laughs> so bad. <laughs>
2: Oh hmm. uh, yeah. Well, you know, you gotta try things. I, I yeah. get
1: it. I get it. But um at least they didn't take the Star Wars route and see the head roll over and it's actually Leo's head inside the <laughs> shredder mask.
2: Uh, Dude, that's would, such a better story. Like I knew that story immediately. <laughs> like that's yeah. so much more compelling.
0: <laughs>
2: They're like, No, I couldn't do it, brothers. We weren't right for this world. <laughs> also I looked horrible in blue, you assholes. Like why did you make me wear this?
0: He should have had a black bandana. Yeah. The whole time
2: You guys should If you ever get What's his face Did you guys have Peter on the show Oh my god He's
0: He's he's almost I don't think he does Much of anything anymore Mm -hmm. Peter Laird Yeah No we've had Kevin But not Peter Uh, That's the dream Right That won't happen though (laughs) (laughs) Guy can dream All right, Jack Where do you Well One movie that I watched When I was a
1: kid And it did scar me And Adam sat there And he'd mentioned it already Watership Down
2: I don't even know What the hell that is it's about not a children's movie. <laughs> yeah, it's serious. I don't know why our
1: parents. I mean, they had no idea. I guess it looked like cartoons. Oh, it was sure. a bunch of animals, but it, I know it's a bu- about a bunch of rabbits, and they go to war with like another herd of rabbits. I don't know what you call a bunch of rabbits. A gang? A
0: um? I don't know. They're not a pod. No, there They're is a flock. A They're a not ba- herd.
2: A bunch of rabbits. Do you know what the term is? A gaggle of rabbits. <laughs> My flock. wife is googling it right now. She's extremely supportive. <laughs> Cats
1: a hero? a Is it a
2: harrow of rabbits? I want to say. I'm, I'm sorry. You guys can continue. i got to find this out, though. It's I'm also curious me. myself. Continue, Jeff. Uh, we'll
1: as, come back. I don't, that's all I can remember about it, but it was really dark and twisted. Just rabbits killing each other? Yeah. And it. I know Thank it you. left a scar on my, me and my sister, and not too long ago, Netflix redid it and did a CG version of it. <laughs> what? And I was like holy crap told my sister I was like look it and she was like oh, there's no way I can Watch it I was like yeah I don't know if I can too And I tried watching it and like In the first five minutes it just Flashback memories I was like I don't know if I Could do this seriously Yeah
2: and like What's that opening sequence With like the tribal illustrations Of the animals fighting even mm-hmm. that To this day oh, yeah, it's just yeah. like oh man I need like something to cover My face with it's real like- quick
1: the first thing you see one rabbit walks up to another one in their den and he's i don't know if he's dying or he's sleeping and having a nightmare but it it just brought back crazy Holy memories shit. Nuts. one more time yeah. the title okay. watership down watership,
0: watership down, down. Yeah, it's such a crazy name it was
2: based it. So on rabbit. a boring boring rabbit uh, originally i think it was like a german book I want to say
0: hmm. okay well making sense <laughs> a little bit more here aren't we yeah
2: like like when you start to like when you're a kid you're just like what is this horrific thing my parents because my like, your parents see like oh cartoon bunnies put it in put the kid in front of it yeah and like they don't know that you're about to witness this like it it, it has like the <laughs> violence of a holy war like it's just such yeah. a visceral flick yeah. and uh, yeah then when you're like oh yeah it's, it's it's probably like a European book or something you're like okay sweet they're all about terrifying children
0: mm. <laughs> i'm going to have to look this up I, I, like honestly this thing i will have to look up like yeah. i say that i still want to watch the
2: now one. though and you're going to be like fuck those guys like that's not I, I, we can swear on the podcast right i always forget. to feel course, like I have of this.
1: course okay. He'll finish and be like, "Those two guys are pussies." Right?
0: Yeah, uh, like no, scared. I mean, how many times have we talked about the fact that you know, viewing something and growing up with something as a child into adulthood, you know, obviously has a different effect on oh, you. Oh yeah, so definitely. Without the childhood scar that you two bear, I feel <laughs> like I might be okay to give it a go. But who knows? I'm an animal lover, so I, yeah. Is it like realistic looking at all? Is it? I, I don't remember well, much from the animated. The new one looks. Are we talking pretty like real? Yeah. Heavy metal kind of animation where it's like a thousand frames per second. You know, like the, the it, moving is so fluid. I don't it so got that far.
1: But. Yeah, I, mean, I know. It was pretty smooth. I want to say it was close to. Did you ever watch The Hobbit, the animated film? No. Uh, it was pretty close to that.
2: Okay. Yeah, it had a lot more to do with that than it did Disney. Like it was. It wasn't. It was a cartoon, but it, it wasn't cartoony. Somebody treated it um, with a little bit more. I don't want to say sophistication, especially considering the webcomic we're going to talk about later, but it's a—it's li- like a little bit more sophisticated than <laughs> <like> Disney <laughs> flick.
0: Oh, wow. I, I've never All heard right. such a description for a film. I'm looking this up. Should I ask Brooke about it? I, she might know. <laughs> I doubt it. Think? I feel like if she did know about this, I would have heard about it already. <laughs> That's true. Especially with being
1: on Netflix, because it came out. December somewhere around that I think. Wow,
0: fair, fairly recently, you mean? Yeah, yeah, it's All very. Right. Wow, shit. How did it, this is it just, okay? <laughs> I'll just have to talk about it another time because <laughs> you're blowing my mind with every word that comes out. Uh, we are back to you, uh, Adam.
2: Other uh, other favorite animated flicks? Well, I mean, like we can we can shoot from the hip and talk about the animated version of the Hobbit because that was is still better than the the Peter Jackson trilogy that they put out.
0: I've never seen I mean, it either.
2: The, um, well you're you're a smart person <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm i'm a i'm a big fan we're a big fan of lord of the rings in this house about once a month on a sunday we'll just like power through all three of them in a day wow. damn um but like i tell everybody That's that i meet love. that hasn't read them it's like oh i've only seen the movies i want to read the books and, like don't don't read yeah, the don't, books Though i so. tried that
1: yeah all the songs you know, like, in the description is yeah,
2: put like, you to sleep just yeah, they're, they're dense. I have I have some big issues with Tolkien as a storyteller, as a world builder. Like he's not a lot of peers exist, but the man had some narrative issues, which is exemplified <laughs> by The Hobbit and the fact that you know the War of Five Armies, which is the culmination of The Hobbit. There's five separate armies that come together to fight over the the dragon's horde. And uh, in, in the trilogy that Peter Jackson did, like they, they, they stretch that out into a whole movie because in the book, it's about five pages because Bilbo gets knocked unconscious at the beginning and then comes to at the end. Like mm. when he wakes up, the war is over. And, um, you know, but in that same book way at the beginning, you have an entire chapter describing a meal, not what <laughs> happens at the meal, <laughs> not the importance of the meal, literally just the preparation of the meal. And, uh, you know, so like there's, that's, it, it bugs me a lot. Like I've, I've, I have Tolkien issues. I should, that would be a great name and theme for a podcast. There Just you go. Tolkien issues. Tolkien, well, Tolkien issues.
1: Hobbits loved their food. So he made, you know, that by reading in description. I mean, I feel like a making. brief
0: description saying hobbits love food would suffice rather than a whole a really chapter. Beat on, it into you. Yeah, that's on like feeding, I guess. Gee, man. Yeah. Christ.
2: I mean, in Lord of the Rings, they managed to accomplish that just with, was it Mary? It was Pip. Mary was like, what about second breakfast? Yeah. You're like, that's a novel. Why is nobody in the world? Why isn't that caught on?
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Like, as an adult, I can't think of a fantasy trope that I'm more in support of than second breakfast. Mm -mm. I
0: feel like a lot of people have second breakfast. They just don't call it second breakfast. They call it brunch. Brunch or snack or... Wouldn't it be
2: great, though, like, you get to work and an hour later, you're like, all right, sweet, second breakfast break. (laughs) I do that anyway. (laughs) (laughs) See? Second breakfast. It (laughs) exists. I loved the Hobbit movie, man. I thought that was great. It was the first cartoon movie I saw that wasn't in the traditional real American style of animation that we were all raised on from the Disney camp. And it was... You know it was a story i was familiar with i read the hobbit i think when i was in third grade you know Gollum was scary gandalf was badass you couldn't tell any of the dwarves apart which is mm-hmm. very similar to the book and the movies um so that, that one was really good i mean cartoon movies like I, I did they didn't hit for me as hard as cartoon shows did because like sure. it was harder for me to get access to cartoon movies after a certain age uh, the kids section at the movie store by my house was very small and uh you know, my parents like they were they were very permitting for me. Like, I think I watched Predator when I was I don't know six. Like, there's a there's a, a story in my family history about Jesse Ventura yelling at my dad um, because he let me watch Predator so young. So, like, I, I was I got into to regular movies real quick before I was kind of like animated stuff. All right, that's fine, but. <laughs>
0: I've got uh some good friends back home that uh, I've gr- I grew up with and ever since uh, kindergarten like I've been friends with these guys for like 30 years all right and um their childhoods they just you know are very similar to what you described there Adam you know they were not while I was watching Disney and the, these kind of things you know they were watching true lies they were watching the Fugits, I have friends like too, that too you know and into adulthood um Especially now in the age of nostalgia When I'm with a group of friends Everybody is sitting, you know, talking about Oh, remember this, remember that And these two are just kind of like laughing Like, oh, yeah, we were watching Blazing Saddles When you were watching that And I just, it's funny, okay, that's a quick thing to laugh at But that's kind of sad, too You missed out on a bunch of uh, yeah, shit, yeah. I think
2: And That's um, true, it's true I mean, when, I'm, when I was four, my favorite actor was Jean-Claude Van Damme
0: No, there's nothing like that. No, yeah, and I don't. But like, I was
2: also four, (laughs) so like hard target or like kickboxer. I'm not understanding the concepts of abandoning your post at the foreign, like with the foreign legion. I'm just like, (laughs) oh, there's the dude that does the splits real good and is kung fu guy. Kicks a lot
0: of stuff. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not even uh, I'm not saying that your situation is sad, Adam. Please don't take it that way, because I, I, I it was a little sad. Obviously, okay. <laughs> by our, uh, conversation, you are not devoid of uh, you know childhood cartoons. But these these mm-hmm. gentlemen were totally devoid of like Disney is kind of like a foreign thing to them, which is fine. We don't all have to be drinking the Disney lemonade or no. Kool Aid or whatever it is. But um, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, well, to be fair, I mean, if you consider the box office gross of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we are all drinking that Kool Aid now. Yeah. Oh, true. there's, I think there's we no are. that Kool Aid. You can't get out of a gas station without seeing that Kool Aid plastered on 500 things.
0: But see, those are movies that those two dudes don't even go see. Oh, really? Maybe, maybe the one sees a few mm-hmm. of them, but from the large part, you know, large scale, they don't give a shit. And yeah. uh, I just wonder if that's a result of that, or if it's hmm. just like I mean, obviously some people not everyone's gonna be into it, but it seems like most people are into it.
2: <laughs> sure. Um oh, ooh, ooh ooh, Uh hold on, there is uh would would Cool World count as an animated film? Or like Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Those are both predominantly I mean like Who Framed Roger Rabbit was legitimately sell animated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up. I had that on my <laughs> list here. I mean, I know it's kind of breaking the mold of a you know full animated feature film, but definitely uh, qualifies. And especially with Mary Poppins returns being in the uh, limelight, considered. Yeah, yeah. I and still got to see
1: the original. You never seen Mary Poppins? Mm-hmm. No, Misty really? was ca- well not castrated, but she gave me the shit for not ever seeing that movie either.
0: Eh, I mean, it's. I can't There's kid, no way I
1: could watch it now. And no. be like,
0: oh, it's a really good. Movie. No, there's not. Yeah, no, you'd be like, God damn it, is this almost <laughs> over? But as a kid, again, in the in the in that in wonderment is all about you yeah, know that
1: Disney magic. All yeah. like of a sudden, they're playing with cartoons. We
0: oh uh, my god!
2: Wait a sec. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, sorry, I'm I'm thinking out loud here. There was like a Macaulay Culkin movie when he was a kid, The Page Master. Yes. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Like he went to a library and he turned into a cartoon.
0: I forgot about that. Yeah. Um James Rolfe just had Macaulay Culkin at his place and they did a video where they were playing that game of the Page Master together. (laughs) (laughs) It looked pretty funny. Um anyway, continue, I'm sorry.
2: Oh no, that one just like just like that one just hit. I was like, I remember watching that one too, but honestly, I don't know if I remembered watching that one. So much as a kid as I did when I was, like, in my early 20s and just starting to smoke weed. Mm, And then somebody was like, yeah, Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, I think I'm a more accurate child when I'm, I'm nice and centered than I was when I was an actual child. Sure. Uh, but because like now, um, you know, when, then when I see the turtle sewer home at Target, I'm like, mom, I want this for Christmas. And now I'm like, I am going to buy this. I don't care how many zeros come after that. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like being an actionable child. That's really the appeal of making art for a living is that like it's the qu- it's the easiest quote unquote way to just stay five years old forever. Mm. It's like I, I, I can buy a turtle sewer home and as long as I can convince somebody within a calendar year to pay me to paint something remotely turtle related for them, it's a tax write off. <laughs> mm-hmm. We know about that, yep. right? You guys, you guys, are, it's the best, man. Like, yeah. it's just like, no, I, I have to buy this. It's for work somehow.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I get to write off what was it we just gave away uh, for our Christmas episode? Was our the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles next mutation DVD? Uh, yeah, Flash Gordon and Flash Gordon, a whole bunch Golden of Golden Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> man,
2: you guys, can't, Flash Gordon, really? That's impressive. That's like. That's one of those uh fandoms I feel like that they lose a person every day. Like they, there's just somebody that dies that so that that knows about Flash Gordon and there's not a person to replace them.
0: It's a it's a weird thing because uh I've heard I've known a Flash Gordon for years, but I've never seen it. And Sure. I think you had seen it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I got it as a as a, one of the prizes for the games we were playing on our Christmas episode. And I am the one who ended up getting it. So I didn't expect much of it. I put it in. I was going to mm-hmm. wrap some gifts while I watched it. And boy, if I wasn't <laughs> fucking enthralled, man, I was like into it. It was corny. It was cheesy. But, no. you know, I, mm-hmm. watching Batman 66. I watch a lot of like TV from the like 70s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I admit sure. here on Dare, but, uh, so I'm kind of just so it fits in used to it on, cheesy, yeah. you know, yeah. but, yeah. um, I don't know where I was even going with that. Flash Gordon, man. Yeah.
2: yeah <laughs> fucking you, awesome. you don't need to go anywhere. I think Queen a does a song about yeah. you, you're good.
0: <laughs> He'll save every one of us. It has the best character description ever. You know, they don't spend time on it. It's just like, who are you? Flash Gordon. <sighs> quarterback, New York Jets, <laughs> fuck you.
1: <laughs> you know, that's it. Got it. Yep. That's all right. you get. <laughs> Need no more, no
0: less. On with the action. Yep. Yeah.
2: Um, you know, that's something that you miss out on is that that simple introduction of concept. Like, that. We, things are so convoluted in storytelling now, and people are so, so concerned about details and backstories that, like, you lose out on, on a certain appeal of a place where you're just like, hey, this is it.
1: Yeah, why and can't it, this bases, is just go. It, let it be? Yeah. Don't dig too mm-hmm. deep. Just to accept it. It's
0: yeah. amazing. Right. You know, I wish that, um, kind of going back to Mary Poppins, you know, when they announced this whole sequel, I was just kind of like, what in the hell? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not the biggest Mary Poppins fan. Yeah, I've seen the movie. We went in, uh, when we were in New York. We saw it on Broadway. That was incredible. But, um, you know, at I know a classic when I see one, I mean, I, and I, the, I don't need to proclaim it a classic. The world has said Mary Poppins is a is a Disney classic, right? Mm-hmm. Why the Returns? You know, it's just, it's so tacky, I think. I think it's Yondu's fault. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, since, since they <laughs> uh, have had success with these live adaptations oh, of their old animation true, yeah. thing, they were just pumping them out. And they're even doing them in the order they did back in the day, you mm-hmm. know? For the kinda, of, for the most part, I guess we're getting Aladdin, and then uh, Lion King's to follow. But man, I uh, what about the Little Mermaid? They skipped that one, didn't
2: they?
1: That I keep well, seeing that that's coming that, on, or someone else made it, and it's a horror movie now. And it, I don't know. It's just yeah, you can't books.
2: really do a live action Little Mermaid and not have it raise some serious questions. Yeah, like, oh it, yeah, the yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, but after a while, you're like. That, that dude wants to fuck a fish lady. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you have
0: to it's kind of hard to keep it clean after a little bit. Yeah, but they all do all yeah. the all those princesses and princes in all those stories. I mean, well, aren't they all fighting for that? The right to do that fight sort for of. the right yeah. to do, get nasty. Right? Yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean, that was a whole thing. thing- with uh I remember when they did uh, when Hermione was in the Beauty and the Beast live action um, everybody was freaking out because they made one of the main characters gay yeah and uh, I saw a reaction video to one of the the posts somebody had made about that this dude was like like you guys are worried about a gay character and the main like Hermione is trying to fuck a water buffalo <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you're all right with that. But somebody's gay. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I understand. This is such a fine wire to walk right here. Um, There's no issue with having a gay person or Mm -mm. character in a Disney film by any means. I think maybe what people's dispute with it was that they weren't maybe communicating that well was how it was done. Uh, was just like, I don't know. Because when we went and saw it, and there was like the camera kind of just cut away from everything to show, like, look, we got a gay person in our film, and then cut back over. And yeah. I, it just felt kind of tacky, where if they just would have integrated it normally, you know, not had to a step aside well, to show us. not have
1: noticed it so much, and we were doing a big deal right. for right And I feel like right that's now. what it was. Yeah. Let's just
0: look at what we've done. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sure. I think like, it should have been talk done about more
2: What's when that? You're talking about tacky in a context of a movie that has a singing candlestick.
0: <laughs> Touche, Adam. Yep. Touche. But, like, uh, not for
2: nothing. Like, I agree that, like, you know, ham fisting in um, social awareness and inclusivity, it, there's obviously as time progresses and you no longer have to ham fist it in when it just becomes an integrated and accepted part of narrative. Exactly. Like exactly. sure. Like it can be something really subtle. Like when they made uh, Sulu officially gay in the Kelvin timeline in, uh, into dark or not in yes. Darkness, mm-hmm. Star Trek beyond. The only thing that happened is they get off the ship. He picks up his daughter and then walks off holding his husband's hand. And but perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's perfect. yeah that would that's great but like that's also like even that was met but with massive resistance uh even like by no less than george k himself who was like i never played him as gay even though i'm gay like why does he have to be gay why make sulu gay and you're like well why make spock fuck ohura like why remake anything at all if you're not gonna try and like, there's no point in just rebooting something for the sake of rebooting it. Like, unless have right. something, a new angle to tell a story from, why bother, you know? And especially yeah. for, like, if coming from the world of comics, I'm always astonished by that, man. When people are freaking out about Black Lady Iron Man or Lady Thor or Black Spider-Man, apropos of an animated film people get so up in arms, like, you're you're damaging the character. This isn't my character. And it's like, motherfucker, your character still exists. Right. Like, if all you ever want to read is the fucking, you know, Humberto Ramno's fucking Spider-Man, or, like, you're really into how misogynistic and homophobic Frank Miller's Batman is, that still exists out there for you. Nobody's erasing that. But even, like, the, the reason it's happening, especially with Disney-related properties, is because, Disney doesn't actually have morals they just want more money and like so the the broader the appeal the more people are going to buy it because no matter how many how much somebody bullshits like oh, I'm not going to see that movie because that character is gay well that's cool so you lose one but you gain 15 and like there's no shortage of popularity amongst the gay community as to the early animated Disney films hmm. they're yeah, all interesting
0: you know to think about Disney not having way, morals yeah. that's Because at a a, a faraway glance, especially at the the kids' movies, of course you would uh, maybe think, well, yeah, there's got to be some kind of moral code. But when you start to think about what it might be, you're like, well, maybe not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The writers, the directors, the producers, they might have morals, they might have stories they want to tell. But Disney as a corporation is too big and divorced from reality to really care, man. Like like Disney's the kind of company at this point where like if – America legitimately became a fascist nation. Disney would still make movies here because there's money to be made, man. Mm. It's not like corporations act like viruses in that way, and they, they don't care what their host is as long as their host has resources.
0: They just don't give so sure a some shit fascist guy. people in the Beauty and the Beast films. So. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, and, you know, the fascist thing with Disney is especially kind of a touchy subject. Um, you know, with, with Disney's, some of Disney, like Walt Disney's worldviews, but, um, you know, they're, they're even like the original Mary Poppins on that topic is even getting flack right now because of the, uh, the minstrel scene where all of the kids are like, like they have the coal dust all over their face. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a legitimate outcry. Now they're like, this is basically blackface. You guys like it's, it's not. It's not, but it is. You know, it's it's the closest you can get to blackface without oh, it being blackface. That's reaching. Yeah.
0: I mean, weren't they with, like hanging out with Chimney,
2: Chimney sweeps. sweeps. And shit? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Sure. Yeah, absolutely were. Um, but it's not just like the context of like, oh, they were hanging out with like. It also happened to take place in a musical number, and there's like I don't know. There's like a whole rabbit hole you can go down there. But you know, at the end of the day, it's she still fell in love with a water buffalo, and that's more concerning to me. Like. I understand the Disney parable of, like, oh, well, you have to fall in love with them when they're not human to prove that you love them and not just love them for their body. Sure. But, I mean, you know, they never hook up until they have the human body, so it's obviously still pretty important. You know what I mean? uh, (laughs)
0: He may have brushed his (laughs) nether regions, but who knows? (laughs) Left that in the the bedroom. That was a short montage. They should have lengthened (laughs) it. We could have seen more. All right. Well, I think that was a hell of a good conversation. Transformers, that was my last one. I'm, so, I'm sorry, I've let you have it but We're at 40 minutes now And in 20 minutes we have to be on another call with Well I got it else. out there so <laughs> <We're Okay. good. laughs> got the, You got the touch we <laughs> That's true, but we can't go out on it I'm going I know. out on a quiet song <laughs> Alright I'm going to skip the commercial And we're just going to jump right into the uh, comic vault Here really quick And I'm going to just go really first Let's knock these out quick so we can get to Adam And uh sure. find out more about Always Kind of Itchy but my uh, book I'm bringing this week, like I told you, is uh, Shredder in Hell. And in issue 50 of the IDW run, what happens is, I believe it was issue 50, uh, Splinter and the Turtles finally catch Shredder and kill him. Now in this uh, incarnation of the Turtles, everybody, you know, Shredder, Splinter, and the four Turtles are reincarnations of like themselves from ancient Japan. So death really doesn't mean shit for them, I guess, that right, yeah. I think about it. But um, you see um, he gets beheaded by Splinter, you know, and they kind of have a, a coming to at that moment where arokosaki questions his path. Have I been doing the right thing? And you kind of are alluded to maybe he thinks he has been doing the wrong thing this whole time, the second before Splinter beheads him. Well, he, where this book picks up, you see him waking up in the afterlife, and he's in this woods that he and uh, Hamado Yoshi used to play in as kids. And uh, what he quickly comes upon is the person he originally was in ancient Japan, the person who started the foot, uh, Takeshi Tatsu, which pretty much is just Shredder, but just, again... The ancient Japan version oh, okay. His original body before he was re- reincarnate And um, they kind of have a face off And he gets the shit uh, kicked out of him by, by His better, by his evil self Which they kind of end up referring to As the dragon This is the entity that's always in him This is the entity that he's always been Fighting for years And that's always been power-hungry, you know, hungry for death and stuff like that. So now that he's in Hell in this afterlife, there's been a clear separation of himself from this character. And um, they have a battle, and it really doesn't end with a winner. You just see Shredder kind of get sucked through all these vacuums by all these tentacles. Again, he's in Hell. And he keeps getting visited by Splinter throughout this, like like a spiritual version, who's kind of walking him through this afterlife onto the next you know to, I guess help his spirit find peace or what it's looking for yeah. Sh- you know Schreider kind of looks at him and says I'm not looking for peace I'm not looking to be a puppet of fate or eternity I want to have control of my own destiny is what I want and he sets out on it you know on his own leaving Splinter kind of behind where you know he was saying that's this is where you could have made a new beginning been a better person even if it is in the afterlife and still he says hell no He's got to find his way back before love, I guess. I don't remember him having a mistress, but <laughs> it looks like uh, he is wanting to get back to her in any way, shape or form he can. Well, anyway, uh, a little bit later in the comic, you see him kind of walking through hell, looking at the lakes of fire and shit. And all of a sudden he gets attacked by what appear to be hundreds of zombies. But each one of them is a soul. He's t- is a life he's taken. In real life. All these people are coming to oh take him out. So it's him taking all the all these hell beasts, you know? And it ends with uh, him turning to see demon versions of the turtles standing there, ready to take him on. Those are sweet looking. Aren't they cool Heck looking? Yeah, this, Take a look at that whole book. It's fucking awesome. You're going to have to read the name on it now because I forget who did it. It's right on the front there. Mateus santo luco does the art and does the uh does the story so i i enjoyed it my description wasn't great because i'm <laughs> pressed for time here but shredder's helmet looks sweet I like yeah. the way they
1: did that on the the face mask part of it
0: yeah he looks cool but anyway check it out teenage mutant ninja turtles shredder and hill nice man that's sweet looking
2: cool that was a good bumper too like that yeah, that was nice. <laughs>
0: shredder in hell. Blah, 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 blah.
2: You, were just, you were just really committed to that, like right away. You're like, all right, I gotta. I feel like I didn't describe this well enough. Fucking shredder in hell. The yeah, microphone that has that, that effect right over there. You, yeah, yeah. I mean, it really does. Awesome. <laughs>
1: what about you, Jack? What you got? I have a. It started out as a webcomic called Scurry. You go to Scurrycomic.com. <laughs> it's done by uh, creator Mac. Mac Smith and he's at Twitter at Mac Smith Art. And it's a, a story, I something about animals on this episode for me with the, the rabbits in the first one.
0: Mm, yeah. this something one's about, about turtles with me in this well, episode. That's right? true. Yeah,
1: <laughs> This book's about a colony of mice that they're living in this abandoned house struggling to, to survive in a super long winter and they're sending out scavengers trying to find food. And they realize that the people that live there aren't coming back. The whole neighborhood's pretty much cleared out, and they need to find more food. And while they're going to find more food, they're running into a lot of different birds, wolves, gangs of cats, any of your
0: evildoer animals, I guess. Anything bigger than a mouse. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> even right. rats, I guess,
1: yeah. are in there. But the the artwork, that, that's pretty much what sold me the first time, just seeing one picture of a mouse standing in front of this giant turtle. That apparently, I haven't gotten that far in the book, but he's like some wise turtle maybe showing him the the main character. I think his name is Wicks on his way to find where this truck, abandoned truck full of food is that everyone's heard about. Hmm. But it's just a big adventure.
2: Jeez, that is a beautiful premise, man. Like, Like you're saying this out loud and I'm like, I would never in a million years think of a story like that. But as soon as you're like mice surviving winter in a barn. Mm-hmm. There's so many logical steps in that process that are really captivating. Yeah. Well done, Max Smith. That's funny. like I, <laughs> I have no clue what you're talking about. I'm already sold on this book. Holy shit!
1: And it's so I guess it's kind of easy writing because like your villains are easy because a snake is always going to be a bad guy. Yeah, a cat versus a mouse is always going to be a bad guy. This the I can't think of the word whatever it is that they have going against him constantly. There's
0: I mean, you're a mouse. What are you going to do? Yeah. I wish they'd do a comic right, about the mice that live in my fucking basement. <laughs> 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 I could zero in on those bastards. But that's
1: mine. It's a gorgeous comic. It's uh, uh, two trade paperbacks. They're not paperbacks, but hardback books. Yeah, they're beautiful. Are, I think it was around they're 200 gorgeous. pages each. But yeah, they're, they're amazing. The artwork's wow. awesome. Scurry. They're going to look good
0: on a bookshelf. Yeah, fact. they are. For sure. Very good. All right, well, with that behind us, let's talk about another comic here, the one we're all here to talk about, always kind of itchy, Adam Sward. Again, thank you for being here with us. And, man, you've got to tell us a little bit more about this web comic. You sent us some samples of it, and it looks to be uh, like strip format. And what I've seen thus far is pretty amazing. Uh, the first one, one—if I hope you don't mind me mentioning one of these.
2: Please do. They're they're all feel kind of dirty a little bit.
0: (laughs) Is number three, where he's just, you see this character sitting in a recliner eating cereal. Munch, munch, munch. Next square, he's putting more in his mouth. Munch, munch, munch. And then the last one, so he says, I bet cereal would make a, I'm sorry, it's really tiny. Metaphor for life. Metaphor for life or something. Yeah, sorry, I have it really tiny on the screen. (laughs) I should make it bigger. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) I love how the comic beat the joke. Two of the punch, I guess You got there before the joke did <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's I don't know, man I'm, I'm really This is really different for me I've been, you know, making comics for Like a decade And I've never really tried the comic strip format uh, I, like, really briefly About ten years ago Like, I started Trying to do a webcomic And it fizzled out after, like, eight strips Because I just couldn't think of anything I was like, I'm not funny Like, what am I going to say? And it turns out not being funny and not feeling like you have anything to say would eventually pave the way for the web comic that I'm now doing right uh, you know i'm I'm handling art duties on two separate standard like floppy comics right now um, that are both like miniseries so I don't have a lot of time to work on my own projects and then you know with tattooing tagged on top of that a couple days a week the beginning of the year hit I had I was on a social media blackout for pretty much all of December um and it's like I need to do something man and I had drawn a promo for the for the podcast that we do uh the end of the year podcast is just me and my buddy one of us couldn't make it so it was just me and my buddy Billy and instead of doing any formats or having any sort of theme we literally just put music on and talked for like two hours and it was really nice and cathartic to not have to be like constrained by time or, or segments or whatever and I had said at one point in that podcast, adulthood is kind of just like being at a party, standing in the corner, eating beans, trying to figure out how you got there. <laughs> and like, I was like, going to make some promo for the podcast based on that. Cause like, when I said it, I, it made me laugh. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. And I just kind of scrawled almost with my fist this little face holding a, a spoonful of beans i was like that guy's kind of funny looking so i wrote the first nine strips and drew them that night um in about wow. two hours and it is man it's a strip comic it's a daily comic uh, i think 30 the 35th one went up today uh, it's on my instagram at sword draws it has its own instagram at always kind of itchy and it goes up on my facebook and my twitter every day uh, which are both uh sword draws and it was just something to do like i was like i just want to do one thing a day that's like mine and um I, it's it's a it's it's a, it's been strange because it, it's only been about a month, but there there's been a bigger response to this than anything I've ever done. No kidding. Um, yeah, I've gotten like really really heartfelt messages from people about like, dude, I've been super depressed for months, and now every day I wake up and look forward to getting online to read the new Itchy. Like uh, one of, one of the one of the people sent me a message like, I you know I've had some shit in the last six months. I felt really lost. I don't really know what I'm doing and like this comic makes me feel okay about that instead of oh. like a failure and i was like that's fucked like holy shit this is me like literally making like i have no idea someone. yeah like i've never really had that response to my stuff before and it's, it's been really humbling and really cool um there is a small part of me that is a lit like that's not bitter but not not bitter that after over a decade of learning how to like render things in an interesting and realistic and dynamic way and studying page composition and color theory and pacing and all this different shit that I've done for my art. Um, the stick figures that look like I drew them with my left fist is like the thing that people are, are sparking to. Right. <laughs> so it's like, Oh man, maybe I could have had a life in my twenties. Like <laughs> but, Um, but it's cool man like it's it's just a webcomic. like i'm I don't really you know i I just I was like I'm gonna try and do it for a year, see if I can come up with enough shit for a year I've, <laughs> kind i' of the plan.
0: love the way you uh draw this character it's it's a it's an organized messy almost yeah you know where it, i you know obviously it's supposed to look uh, uneven and jagged and stuff, but there's uh, what am I saying? Actual proportion And a rhyme to the To the way he looks But it's it's a relatable character I mean, even without reading the comic Just to kind of glance at him I think it is a good visualization Of what a depression Kind of looks mm-hmm. like, you know
2: Thank you very much, I appreciate that
0: And, and I also Notice, not in all, but in some of these Panels here I'm sorry, I'm talking slow because I'm looking over them it looks like his it's, character is even done in a lighter uh, a thinner line than some of the other characters who seem to be more self-confident might be drawn in a like a bolder pen.
2: that's yeah, it's it's pretty true like it's all done on the iPad, but uh, in procreate, but the Apple pencil has some ridiculous like couple thousand levels of pressure. So um typically I'll draw the panel borders and the main character and usually his dialogue too. In uh, dry ink, um, brush tip, and then for the uh, everybody else, really, um, they're always done with like the studio pen, which is like really clean and perfect. And like, uh, I'll spend more time making their lettering look like. A little bit more almost computerized like it's a little bit more uniform than the main character's text so like my, I had, we had a big conversation because i was like flabbergasted my dad he's like this is the best thing you've ever done and i'm like are you fucking kidding me like after all the time i spent learning how to do this shit this is what you like but um so my buddy was trying to calm me down because like he was like dude this is like yes it looks sloppy but it's obviously informed by an education and, a, and an expertise in in storytelling visually because you do have all these things and then that was like 15 strips in and I went back and looked and I was like son of a bitch like I didn't even realize I was doing it but all the confident people have like parallel body lines and perfect circles for heads right and like all these different little cues I was like I didn't I didn't really realize I was doing that and now that I like have that vocabulary set aside it's even easier to do them Right. So I just like it's usually the last thing I do at night at like 3 a.m. when I'm just zonked and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this in the morning. <laughs> what's funny?
0: Well, cereal. I, <laughs> I, I hope you, you. No, that was a great comic. Just, I mean, it beats you to it because you're thinking, okay, how what's eating cereal? Watching, TV? <laughs> we've all been there. How is it going to equate? And then the character gets there before you do. He's <laughs> like, I'm sure there's a yeah. metaphor here. I just haven't seen it yet, but. I don't. I know yes. what you're talking about with that feeling. Like, this is what you like after I've been working on all this. But isn't that some sometimes, sometimes the way? I know when people get creative. I know in my own uh, my own case in the past. You know, when I've written music before, there have been songs that I'll spend time on, a lot of time, too much time, mm-hmm. and trying to get perfect. And then there are others that I'm just like kind of frustrated or annoyed with. I'm like, ah, I just want to get these done and out of the way. So I'll just write them quickly and then get them done. And then when they're done, they turn out to be the best songs. People like them the, the best, or I like them the best. You know what I mean?
2: I think that's one of those things that, that keeps you moving forward as an artist is because it's, if you get to a point where what you expect to be successful is always successful, then there's literally no reason to continue honing and refining. Right. So like when those things that you think are, you know, throwaways for lack of a better term... Or somehow beneath your prowess in your respective art form, when those pop, what it really does is show you that you actually know fucking nothing about what you're doing. Because obviously, if you knew anything, you would have been able to predict that. You know what I mean? And that's, that, that's why it's important to have an audience is because like, when you create art in a vacuum, it, it can't escape. You know, you need you need that that thing to throw it at to see if it sticks or if it bounces or if they catch it. You know what I mean?
0: Sure. No, I get it, man. You've got a gem of a comic here. I've got to agree with uh, what everyone's saying. And I I, I, I can't say that it's uh, your best because I can't remember. I don't think I've seen all of your stuff.
2: Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know anybody that has. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) It's very
0: deep, man. (laughs) But I'm digging this quite a bit. Quite a bit. I'm I'm, I'm I'm entranced by it. it.
2: But where can people? And it's all free.
0: That's the best part. Where can people check this out?
2: Um, Okay, so I put it up daily on my Instagram, which is at Sword Draws. And then my buddy Billy started uh, an always itchy Insta, just the comics, if you don't want to see what else I'm doing. And that's at always kind of itchy. And then it's also, it goes up on my Facebook every day, too, which is my Facebook ID, Sword Draws. But I hate Facebook, so that's, you know, get on the Insta. <laughs> We've talked about uh, starting, uh, like, a Patreon for it, um, where, you know, for, like, three bucks a month, you get the daily strips. And then, you know, you get a free copy. I'm probably going to do seasonal collections of them. Because, um, like, before I got into comic comic books, like, I grew up on Calvin and Hobbes and Garfield.
0: Oh, so those yeah, were the yeah. books
2: that I had, you know. And so it kind of makes sense to me to be like, okay, well— you know this is something that you know i can like i'm a, i do shirts we just started offering shirts um each shirt is just literally a white t-shirt that i buy from target and then i draw the main character's face on it with a fabric pen and then write something somewhat amusing maybe or depressing i don't know but like right? yeah and it says right on the thing like probably don't wash it a lot um the shirt's probably gonna be a new one unless i'm too lazy to go to the store and i happen to wear your size um (laughs) it may have like coffee stains or cigarette ash on it because like i don't i'm not gonna like i like the lo-fi nature of it i like the idea that this is this comic is probably the most honest thing I've, i've ever done and uh I'm, it's really unexpected, and I'm really into it. And like I'm gonna try and submit it for syndication, probably. Oh, nice! Just to see, because why not? Like I, I don't imagine you'd pick up like this, like the fucking local paper, and you'd see it next to Ziggy and Zitz and shit. But maybe in like the city pages or yeah. something. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree.
0: It's a different. There's a different climate out there. I think something like this would uh, find find its place comfortably. I, mean, oh, again, I, I can't stop looking at it. I'm <laughs> staring at it.
2: It's yep, really cool. I'm going to keep doing it regardless of whether or not it becomes a financial uh, perk of any sort. But at the conventions I'm doing this year, I'm going to have uh, seasonal collections, like basically three months worth of strips in a book. And yeah. then uh, the ones that get like a lot of, there's a few that are like front runners for ones that people really, really dug. And um, I've even thought about just doing like, like they're like three or they was it? I think it's five inch by seventeen inch prints of just the strip. Oh, wow. um, That'd be cool that people could buy and like take home and frame or something. I don't know. I kind of stole that from Calvin and Hobbes because like there's very there's only two official pieces of Calvin and Hobbes merchandise, and they were both Scholastic learning to read books. Everything else has been bootlegged or done illegally. And Bill Watterson just doesn't care. But you can actually order a lithograph of a strip. Based on, like, the date that it was released. So anybody can go, like, I went back and found the strip that came out on the day I was born.
0: Oh, I see.
2: And it was, like, Kelvin thinking he was invisible and taking off his clothes and trying to steal cookies. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like well that is actually like I don't believe in like horoscopes but I believe in the prophetic nature of Bill Watterson when it comes to like the strip that came out on the day you were born might inform a lot of your life so doing like little prints like that or like we've talked about hand-drawn coffee cups like just take it really you know, lo-fi I like I like lo-fi I'm into it it's I a lot it. less work <laughs> I get it You know,
1: so. Buy a bunch of white mugs and a sharpie and you're good There you go. Yeah.
0: And it's working. I mean, it's working out for you, it looks like. You have a successful webcomic here, so.
1: That last one cracks me up. That person sitting there talking about, like, real-world business problems, and then at the end he's just like, I have trouble with uh, shopping carts. (laughs) 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 It cracks me up.
2: All right. That was real. I was at Target, and I saw a human being managing three children, a cell phone, and a cart. Wow. effectively Jeez. and i was literally like over at the cart area trying to pull the fucking thing out and it was difficult i'm like i'm 32 <laughs> years old this is the, like most basic form of mechanics that exists it
0: shouldn't be that hard <laughs> right now
2: um so yeah that's that's the book uh it's gonna remain free uh I, I say that now um if it gets picked up by a syndicate i don't know how that would change um i would like to keep doing it for free um, but like I said, a Patreon might be a, a thing too.
0: I was just gonna say yeah. I smell a Patreon around the corner, mm-hmm. but
2: yeah, we'll give it another month or so, and hopefully, some more folks will will get into it, and we'll we'll have a, enough pull so that maybe I can tattoo a little bit less or got not it. have to argue with fucking writers, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ! Yeah, this seems like it'd be a lot better than doing that yeah. for sure. Well, man, I want to thank you so much for being here and sharing this comic with us. We're definitely going to get it out there to the people and via social media, all the different handles that be. And everyone at home, again, go to SwordDraws.com, or you can find it on uh, sworddraws on Instagram We're always kind of itchy. Uh, check out the strip there. But Adam, it's a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you guys so much for having me, man. It's always a good time.
0: Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to
1: cannedairpodcast.com where you can check out our special guests, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, uh, see some of our YouTube page, buy some merch, become a patron. And if you want to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And if you are living in, on, or around Oregon, by the end of the month, Wizard World's going to be there. And you can go to our website and sign up for two three-day priority platinum tickets just by signing up on the for, for, for free for free or if you don't want to feel that lucky then you can just use our promo code can air and get 10% off your tickets how far away is that uh the end of february 20 right, So a few more weeks and yep. then
0: you're, you're going to announce it yeah all right Cool. And, uh, again, check out our other show, What If. Yeah, you can find that at whatifpod.com or you can go to iTunes, just search What If Series Player FM. That's probably about our biggest uh, platform on that show. So mm-hmm. check us out Love over there. We're loving uh, doing that show. And, once again, we are going out on the song Daddy's Too Old from the band Quiet. That's uh, quiet without the U Q I E T this is off the album Kiss of the Universe check these guys out I am obsessed I've been saying this episode after episode now I'm mm-hmm. not going to dwell on it this time just know they're good and check this out you
1: don't like a song listen to the next one because it might be your genre in there yeah yeah, yeah exactly so
0: anyway I think that's going to do it for this week so until next time I am Jeremy Collie. I'm Jack Doherty and I'm Adam Swart <laughs> thanks for listening everyone <laughs>
1: You know I love you so much That even my girlfriends They know about you And they don't mind feeling Know they're blessed who to have been i talk about you so much That even my pastor Is worried about you And the silence you make While you're tied to the stake And I, I, I
0: That is too old
1: I love you so much. I can hear the spirits; they speak about you, and they say we must relent, for she is not one of them. I sing about you so loud that even the stars.
0: you come over here and spray paint your name on the wall but i don't wanna what are you chicken hold on there
1: boys Wow, it's flint instead of writing your name write candairpodcast.com and help spread the word
0: well that's a great idea now we
1: know and knowing is half the battle
2: gi joe